Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Kick out the jams, motherfuckers. This is Wayne Kramer from the MC5. And you're listening to Rock and Roll Archaeology. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome to the very first episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by Pantheon Media. So yeah, because this is our first show, I just want to give you a brief explanation of what we're going to do with this thing. So I'm going to come up with sort of an idea or a thesis or even even talk about a, a whole genre or something as small as tapping. What we're going to do is look at the history of a certain dynamic of hard rock or heavy metal. And later on, you know, I think I think we'll get into a little bit of prog and a little bit of punk. Um, but I'm going to state the case and uh, give you a sort of a history in five songs. We're going to be playing five song clips on every show uh, just to illustrate the point that we're trying to make. So let's get right into it. So yes, um, first episode, what I wanted to do is uh, is give you something that uh, dives right into the concept rather than saying, you know, we're looking at the history of heavy metal for the very first uh, for the first episode. This is, uh, you know, I, I want to look at kind of obscure points. And so I wanted to give you a show that uh, that that sort of got right into the spirit of what we're going to do. So what we're going to look at is the history of Led Zeppelin in hair metal in five songs. Uh, so the history in five songs of Led Zeppelin in hair metal. So, um, just a brief, uh, a brief kind of history of why uh, before we get right into this. Um, 
So hair metal is something, you know, that that essentially starts with a bomb right around 1983, the likes of Dawkin and Quiet Riot, uh, a bit of an anomaly, Twisted Sister from New York. Um, Motley Crue's already going. Van Halen is kind of like the grandfather of it in a way, but uh, Led Zeppelin is really the grandfather of the whole thing. So, you know, if we wanted to chart a little bit of a, a history of hair metal, it would probably start for all intents and purposes with Led Zeppelin, with the golden god up there singing. You know, the the guitar, bass and drums lineup, the wailing, the screaming, the hard rock, the blues even. Um, so Led Zeppelin is a, is a big kind of starter band for this whole thing. Uh, you know, moving on, I, it is very much an American phenomenon. But, um, you know, sometimes that word glam gets used for hair metal. And I don't like using that because glam to me means that original, really embarrassing looking UK glam from around 71 to 75. Many different musical styles in there as well. But if we had to pick something out of there that has a little bit of a connection to this, it would be sweet. It would be slayed little bit of mud, that kind of thing. Um, but no, uh, I think the most important band to keep this American, uh, Aerosmith, uh, which is a derivative uh, in some ways of Led Zeppelin and the Stones. Uh, but you've got Kiss in there as well. Then you've got the likes of your Ted Nugents and Hart and Blue Oyster Cult. And so so there's kind of the building blocks, the big sun-dappled arena, California jam kind of bands. Um, but, the, but the next band that really makes a big difference, uh, that really sets a blueprint for hair metal is, as I mentioned before, Van Halen moving into Mont. So there's your brief history of hair metal. So, um, but yes, what happened throughout hair metal, uh, there were there were touchdown points, flash points, debate points where uh, bands were kind of considered to be too slavishly, um, you know, dredging the memory of Led Zeppelin. So our very first one um, is a complicated one, but um, our first one happens to be uh, from kind of right in the middle of the hair metal years. Uh, it's White Snake, Still of the Night. Uh, let's take a listen. A little bit of White Snake. Here we go. Still of the night, I hear the wolf owl, honey, sniffing around your door. So there you go. Um, David Coverdale, you know, people called him David Cover version to be derisive of him at times. Um, but what you have here is uh, you have probably the most Led Zeppelin-esque song they ever did. I really don't like this narrative. I don't really believe that, uh, you know, Whitesnake was, was particularly Led Zeppelin derivative. I mean... They were a hard rock blues band. I mean, early on, it was bluesier. Even even earlier on in the in the David Coverdale solo years, it was bluesy and funky, like all that weird Deep Purple stuff. Pace, Pace Ashton Lord, The First Rainbow, you know, all, uh, Ian Gillen band before he was Gillen. They went through this kind of funky fusion phase, these uh, these ex-Deep Purple guys. But no, David, David does come honestly from the blues. He doesn't have much history before Deep Purple, but he's in there making these classic bluesy hard, hard rock albums, Burn. Stormbringer, come taste the band, and then he has this solo career. And the early stuff is is I always kind of argue that it's a little bit more like uh, Kiss crossed with uh, bluesy hard rock. Um, so it's very simple, uh, you know, on those albums like um, 
like saints and sinners and come and get it particularly. But no, you get up into 1987. He's, he's blown up the whole lineup. He's got this, this real hairband look. He's basically considered a hairband, one of the W bands along with winger and, uh, and warrant. Um, but they make this massive album that goes, uh, yeah, I think it's diamond in the States, but it, many, many, many copies, maybe it's six, seven million, something like that, but it might be diamond. But anyways, so still of the night, is is the biggest uh, kind of most gargantuan coolest metal song for the metal guys on this and it's got obviously that stop start black dog kind of thing David Coverdale does sing a little bit Zeppelin-esque on this as well I mean you might consider the the demo version or the predecessor or the proto song to this slow and easy off the previous album which also did pretty good kind of dragged into doing really well uh, on on the backs of this record um, so yeah he got a lot of stick for being Zeppelin-esque um, but it was really more about this song than anything. But man, listen to that riff. John Sykes, I mean, that I, I often argue that that's the greatest heavy metal riff of all time. I think it's just incredible. Um, so so there you go. I mean, the next album was more kind of shreddy. It's more of a, you know, Steve Vai shred kind of album. It's got a little bit more uh, feel back to maybe even a Van Halen sort of situation. And of course, David Coverdale went on and made the Coverdale Page album with Jimmy Page. So there you go, kind of rubbing that connection right in your face. You know, basically everybody told him he was being like Robert Plant. So he's, oh, I'll go like be like Robert Plant and make an album with Jimmy Page. Um, so yeah, White Snake, uh, White Snake uh, is is one of the bands that really kind of started off this uh, this whole thing of of going. Hmm, there's a lot of these bands here that are really inspired by Zeppelin. So okay, our second one, um, same kind of story. They got a lot of stick for this. Kingdom Come. Uh, this is uh, the biggest song off their debut album, self titled album. This is Get It On. Take a listen. So there you go. Kingdom Come. I mean, this is a, this is a band that um, it's it's put together by a German Lenny Wolf, very cool guy, very creative guy, great songwriter. He had a band before this called Stone Fury, uh, but he gathers a couple guys from Kentucky and uh, and an Italian born. Um, Guitarists, so they're kind of like a multi-world band, and uh, you know, one of them, of course, uh, from Kentucky, is James Kotak, who went on to uh, have a long career with Scorpions. Very cool. Um, but anyway, so this uh, this debut album uh, got a lot of abuse for for being called a Led Zeppelin clone band. Essentially, it's it's very efficient. It doesn't have a lot of dynamics to the album. It's Bob Rock produced. It's just very very clean and in your face, which happened to be the uh, name of their second album, which is a much better better album and less Zeppelin-esque. But anyway, so this record, um, you know, this record actually went gold and it, it was based on the success of this single. Um, you know, it sold like 620,000 copies uh, out of the gate, uh, basically on deliveries, uh, the way we used to talk about all those those Kiss albums. Remember all that talk about the solo albums and how they, uh, what, what was the joke? They, uh, they, sh- they, um, they shipped platinum and sold gold, something like that, because of the returns. Uh, anyway, so so this album did great. Um, 
And it was because of this and it was because of all the abuse they were getting for being, you know, uh, flagrantly trying to be the second coming of Led Zeppelin. So you hear it in there. You hear it in sort of the um, the snaky cashmere feel of it. You hear it in Lenny's vocals. But like I say, um, they quickly left this direction. He moved on. He um, he became, you know, just a, a very creative guy putting together solid hard rock albums. The label deals got smaller and smaller, but uh, but he was very prolific and, and just a very cool guy. Um, so there you go. Um, let's take a short break. We'll be back in a minute. Hey there, diggers. This is Christian Swade, the host of Rock and Roll Archaeology and Deeper Digs in Rock. Yes, also known as the Rock and Roll Archaeologist. When we dropped the first few episodes of Rock and Roll Archaeology into the feed three and a half years ago, little did we know that this telling of rock and roll history would become a pantheon of rock and roll podcasts. Since many of you first joined us on our rock and roll exploration, the halls of the rock and roll pantheon have filled with shows like Deeper Digs in Rock, Rock and Roll Librarian, Muses, Art of Rock with Caution Friends, Real Rock with the Reverend Andy King, Miss Pamela's Pajama Party, Vinyl Snob, and more. We are proud of this one-of-a-kind approach to an audio magazine of high-quality shows. That is Pantheon, and thank you for your support. We couldn't have done it without you, our diggers who listen to all of our shows. And now, we are excited to let you know that every show available as part of Pantheon can be found in their own podcast feed to subscribe to in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the shows you've come to love. We look forward to adding more shows to fill the halls here in our Pantheon of Rock and Roll and find them all at PantheonPodcast.com. Keep up the rockin'. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're up to number three in our History in Five Songs, a history of Led Zeppelin in hair metal in five songs. So, number three, we have uh, a band called Bonham, and this is a song called Wait For You. Take a listen. So there you go. Bonham was a band, um, you know, formed or clustered around uh, Jason Bonham, son of John Bonham. He's an amazing drummer. I get a lot of abuse for this, but I have no problem saying he's twice the drummer his dad ever was. I love Jason Bonham, Bonham's drumming. I saw a drum clinic with him here in Toronto once. Um, and if you ever get a chance, uh, check out the UFO Showtime DVD. He's a monster drummer. This is this is when he had this brief period in UFO. He's been in a lot of different bands he's a pretty cool prolific guy um but no i love his inventiveness um he basically took uh the the building blocks of what his dad did all those novel snare um you know snare hi-hat bass drum combinations john bonham of course had a pretty small set uh and also that boomy drum sound and said you know what i'm gonna keep dad's legacy alive and i'm gonna keep doing this and i love his drumming so anyways uh this is off the disregard of timekeeping and you can tell that this band also like kingdom come is essentially trying to be the second coming of led zeppelin you 
you've got this great singer in there, a Canadian, Daniel McMaster. He's singing very Robert Plant-esque. You also have those cashmere sounds. You have Jason doing the spare drumming with, you know, the tricky time ch- signature changes in there. You have the big boomy drum sound. But of course, it's all couched in this world of hair metal, these these big, efficient, great productions. Um you know, there's a lot of hair metal productions I hate. Um, you know, I really do not like Def Leppard uh, after basically Pyromania, and I hate the production of those records after Pyromania. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, there's dated keyboards and things across. Uh, there's there's big snare drums. Um, but the the Bonham album, they actually, you know, because it was in the spirit of Led Zeppelin, it's it behaved itself. It had very cool production tones, and you can hear that on, on this record. Um, the second album, I think, is even better. It's more adventurous it's called mad hatter um a little more atmospheric you know we're moving into the later years where hair metal is is not so uh, appreciated anymore so bands are looking to do different things he has a great album under the moniker a very very little known album uh, called when you see the sun by the jason bonham band and at that point he's got another zeppelin-esque singer charles west uh, who does an amazing song in that album that album has a little more of a sound garden vibe a little uh, maybe a little grungier again a little more uh, adventurous i think it's 1995 at that point um but of course Soundgarden themselves borrowed a lot from Led Zeppelin so you could I could or you could I could I could even do a, a an episode of uh, of Led Zeppelin and grunge at some point couldn't I uh so essentially and what I also love about Jason is he went on to uh you know to to be a, a big point of the band that I think is the second coming of Led Zeppelin I used to say this all the time I think it's just uh, so bad that they kind of went away came back went away because of Joe Bonamassa's uh you know thriving solo career Black Country Communion amazing amazing band I love Glenn Hughes great guy great singer I loved what Jason did on those albums very very frantic heavy just a really really cool band so there you go Led Zeppelin in a band way past hair metal but but black country communion could have fit in hair metal and and did great uh it's a shame they aren't bigger than they are okay so moving on uh number four in our history in five songs history of led zeppelin in hair metal in five songs we have badlands with street streets cry freedom take a listen So there you go. I love this band. I love Badlands. They were always one of my favorite bands of, of the whole hair metal scene. Um, you know, we're, we're talking about um, a little bit, you know, I, 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 I don't mind labels on music. I mean, music is uh, is there to be appreciated for what it is, and it's there to be labeled. So I don't mind putting labels on things. So I, I'm going to introduce another couple labels to you here. So we've got we've got this hair metal thing going on in the 80s. Most of it is based uh, out of uh, out of California, L.A. specifically. Um but Guns N' Roses comes along, Skid Row comes along. I don't want to give Guns all the credit because, you know, Aerosmith was there first. But essentially, there's this sort of genre uh, that I call dirty hair metal and Guns N' Roses in there. I totally believe Guns N' Roses is a hair metal band. Everybody saw them that way in 87 before that album broke. Um, I don't think they're any 
great, amazing thing that should be just heralded and just the greatest band in the world. They're one, they're, they were a good band. It was a good album. End of story. But they were essentially a hair metal band, but they were a dirty hair metal band. Uh, Skid Row came along. They were kind of the same thing. They had late, they had like the, um, you know, the chains through the lip or nose or whatever. I think that was Rachel Bolin in that band. But, you know, they dressed down. You know, Sebastian Bach looked uh, looked pretty, pretty boy, but he was he was a cool dude. Um, but they were they were basically a ripped jeans sort of band. Um, so there's this dirty hair metal thing, junkyard, sea hags and Badlands kind of fits into this as well. Kind of just this this dress down, no nonsense look. But Badlands takes us into a little bit of a realm for another label I'll give you, which is uh, which is bluesy hair metal. Um, so dirty hair metal kind of begats bluesy hair metal. And you get bands like Badlands. You get, uh, by the way, my favorite dirty hair metal band of all time. And one of my favorite hair metal bands of all time is Love Hate. I think I think there are three times the band Guns N' Roses everywhere. But anyway, so bluesy hair metal, you get Badlands. You get bands like Poison and Cinderella trying their hands at, at bluesy stuff. You know, Great White was always in there being pretty bluesy. And they get bluesier as time goes on. You know, as, as hair metal metal dies in September 91 with the with the birth of Nirvana and uh, not Nirvana itself obviously but Nirvana's uh, Nevermind album uh, hits hits super big at that point uh, you know and basically hair metal gets swept away everybody you know is at a little bit of a loss they're trying different things they're trying bluesiness they're trying to go back to their own roots they're trying a bit of grunginess uh they're they're trying you know mellowness in what they're doing some some of them are a little Beatlesque and psychedelic but anyway so as we move, as we move on, you know, this is 1989. Hair metal is still a big thing, but uh, but it it's smart enough to know that it does have to evolve away from those those big cavernous snare sounds and the big whoa backup vocals and all that kind of stuff. So Badlands comes along. You got Jakey e. Lee, who's an amazing, amazing guitarist, super creative guy. You know, he goes back to the roots of Joe Perry and Paul Kossoff and all that, and Jimmy Page, and and so what you're hearing in this is is a band that is kind of like. Like really live and lively. They're, they've got a four-piece sound or a three-piece sound, if you want to call it that, like Led Zeppelin was or The Who, you know, three-piece with a front man. Their front man is Ray Gillen, sadly deceased uh, from AIDS. Um, but basically... He's uh, he's got a very soaring, cool Led Zeppelin-esque, Robert Plant-esque voice. So he's contributing to this. Eric Singer is in there. Eric can do a lot of different things. Obviously, he's in Kiss now, but he was in Black Sabbath. But here he is, you know, putting on his best John Bonham. He's not particularly Bonham-esque, but if you listen across this album, there's actually a kind of a White Snake vibe to this album as well. But there's acoustic stuff. There's folky, folky acoustic, folky slash acoustic, like Jimmy Page would do. So you listen to the whole melange of this classic absolute masterpiece Badlands self-titled first album from 1989 and uh, and you hear a lot of Zeppelin-esque things but but in this Streets Cry Freedom you you hear um, what I like about this is you get that funky chunky stilted sort of uh, thing that Led Zeppelin used to do okay so Moving on, um, I've picked a kind of an obscure one for our last one. Um, this is a, a bit of a mystery band. This is a band called Collision, and this is a late, late in the song, uh, which is actually late on the debut album. This is called Juicy Lucy. Take a listen.
So, very cool. I mean, what I wanted to do with this, I picked an obscure part of an obscure song by an obscure band to close this thing out. And uh, and I picked, yeah, the, the end uh, the end of the song to end our episode. How poetic of me, right? Um, so, essentially, Collision was a band from New York. Um, and they actually started way back in 1979. And here's their debut album, 1992. Um, and it's just called Collision. They only made one other album called Course, which came out in 95. So again, we're talking three years later. Just uh, just basically a, uh, a disaster of a career uh, in, in some sorts. But So essentially, this band uh, aligns, I think, uh, quite a bit to Badlands. They're very similar to what Badlands was doing in terms of being this, uh, this really live, electric, three-piece sound. Um, you know, very... Um, uh, it, it sounds it doesn't sound too studied it sounds like you could be hearing their live demos or them playing live in the studio um, but yeah they have they also have kind of Zeppelin-esque vocals they have a big boomy drum sound and swear to God I mean I love the guitar sound you get on the Badlands album um, but I also love I mean I think this is just one of the most molten electric guitar sounds uh, you know listen to the first song in this album who do you love when that kicks in, it's just, well, I think it just starts with guitar. It's just an, an incredible, incredible guitar sound. The rest of the production tones are just really, really good, um, but there's nothing particularly strange about them. The guitar really stands out. But what you hear on this, uh, I love that, um, you know, here they are jamming out this song. It's an obscure kind of uh, eccentric song, but they're jamming it out. And when I heard this, you know, I, this reminds me of when you hear those uh, Zed Le- uh, Led Zeppelin demos where, um, or not demos, but bootlegs where you're hearing them, uh, you know, really go crazy on the end of Immigrant Song. And John Bonham, you know, he's bored, so he's he's really trying to screw up the beat, um, but not screw it up. Uh, just just be mathematical about it and, and, uh, and see, you know, mischievously if uh, Jimmy and John Paul can uh, can follow along um, but you hear a little bit of that in the in the drumming in the spirit of the drumming on this so this is the jammy end section of this and I kind of like that and I wanted to show you know uh, sort of improvisational scat singing um, from from a singer um, because Robert Plant would do that kind of thing you know uh, it's it's kind of a fun thing I did a Led Zeppelin book called um, all the albums, all the songs where it was just hardcore. I had to write like 400, 500 words on every single Led Zeppelin song. Like every every song got two or three pages in this. It was a really fun project, cool book, full color throughout, really cool. You can get that from my site, martinpopoff.com. But um, one of the cool things that... Um, uh, you know that I got to do in that is is you're picking out all these little uh, these these little uh, snippets of blues lyrics that he would throw in all over the place when you listen to all that all that um, all that live stuff and you know because they would medley all these blues songs and then of course you know a lot of those blues songs got into the writing blah 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 we don't need to go down that road um, but yeah you hear you hear a little bit of that spirit of jammy Led Zeppelin uh, in this situation so uh, so there you go um, that is the history of Led Zeppelin in hair metal in five songs. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of uh, of what I hope to be many. Um, next week, we're going to, you know, we're going to bring it back and bring it back to the roots a little more. What I'm going to do is the history of American heavy metal in five songs. Now, this is, you're, you're, I'm, I'm going to be splitting a lot of hairs here and, and telling you why we're talking about American heavy metal and not British heavy metal and not heavy metal and not metal for that example because that is another episode i could do at some point the history of metal in five songs different from the history of heavy metal in five songs you'll see why 
Um, but anyways, we're going to do that next time. And because I, I do want to cover off some of these roots things in the early episodes as we go. So, uh, so that's what's coming. History of American heavy metal. Um, I would love to hear your ideas for, uh, for shows. You can email me at Martin P at inforamp.net. I'm pretty good on Facebook too. You could Facebook me. Um, I have uh, one of the regular kind of pages uh, and a public person page. Uh, long story, I, I, it, it kills me that you have a 5,000 friend limit on, on Facebook. So I have one of those with 5,000 limit and I have the other thing. You can go to either of those and, uh, and leave me some ideas. Or like I say, you can just email me at martinp at inforamp.net. And, uh, you know, if you can't remember that, remember martinpopoff.com. I'm pretty sure I, my email address is there somewhere. So there you go. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for listening. And, uh, and we will see you next time. Looking for ways to help right the wrongs of social injustice? Oxfam America works with people in more than 90 countries to save lives, develop long-term solutions to poverty, and campaign for social change. And we do it with the help of our friends in the music world. The Beatles were Oxfam supporters back in the day. So were the Stones. And through the years, musicians and music fans have helped Oxfam push hard to work for a just world without poverty. Folks like Radiohead, Coldplay, Pearl Jam, DJ Shadow, and many, many more have encouraged their fans to join the effort. You can too. Go to OxfamAmerica.org to learn how you can help. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 